you got the right stuff. Baby. You got a huge bush. <laughs> Baby. Jenny. Maybe it's time to trim that shit. Asshole Cord is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. Hide the Playboy magazines before your mom sees it, or that's not my magazine, mom. These things probably sound familiar if you were sneaking Playboy mags back in the 1990s, or if you stole your dad's Playboy or Hustler magazines from the back of his closet around that time. You may have even been one of those kids that tried to watch the black and white staticky silhouettes of girls on Playboy channel while alone in your room. Either way, you're probably familiar with our next victim in the courtroom, Miss Jenny McCarthy. From innocent Catholic schoolgirl to Playboy playmate, the TV personality, the full-on activist, Jenny has made a name for herself as a symbol of controversy in today's divided time. How did Jenny become the face of the anti-vaccine movement, the Jenny and Hugh Hefner date? She got how much for posing in Playboy? Grab your new kids on the block cassette tape, COVID vaccine card, and Hugh Hefner robe, and join us in the singled-out dating pool as we dive into these questions and more on this episode of Asshole Court. So before we uh, get into this, I just want to give a shout out to uh, one of our uh, super fans and friends, Jenny McMohan, who uh, gave us the gift of uh, writing this episode. Thank Jenny. you, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. Yeah, and a uh, real quick note, Jenny McMohan is infinitely cooler than Jenny McCarthy. Oh, way, way cooler. Yeah. She so, sent us that note, making sure that we added that comment in the show. Yes, but I would have said that anyways. Of course. She obviously is cooler. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into prelim scores. Randy, what you got? All right. So on an asshole standpoint for Jenny McCarthy, I'm kind of in the dark a little bit about all of her vaccine bullshit, mm -hmm. right? I obviously have heard and seen her in the news, but a couple things in the intro sparked uh, some fond memories of me. Of course. Um, hiding the Playboy magazines. My dad was a gallery guy. Yes. Yep. So yeah. gallery was much more hardcore. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jenny McCarthy wasn't in the gallery magazines. No. And the other thing I know about Jenny McCarthy is uh, she's married to Donnie Wahlberg. Right. Yeah. We're going to cover some of that. Donnie Wahlberg and Jenny McCarthy goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, honestly, pre-show, before we get into all the dirt, I'm going to put her at like a 5.5. Okay. You know, just above normal asshole. Yeah. Kind of in the... Uh, Right around the Courtney Love okay. mark, I think. Sure, makes sense. All right, someone at a five point five, buddy. What do you got? All right, for me, um, like you mentioned, Randy, I I also remember very fondly Jenny McCarthy back out of the nineties and the early Playboy. That's a uh, young buddy had a big old crush oh, on yeah. Jenny McCarthy. Certainly, 
And uh, chubby I, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> he had a buddy chubby, a buddy chubby. I sure did. And uh, I think I even remember like my dad. You know, he was in the music business, but he was also uh, that video business was also tied into there. Video heat, woohoo! <laughs> and uh, yeah, he brought home one of the Jenny McCarthy Playboy videos back in the day. And uh, she did videos too, huh? Well, it was like kind of like those behind the like kind of like the okay, filming of while they were doing like the photos and yeah. all that. And, um, yeah. He's like, I got deep throat for you, little buddy. Come on up here. Everybody gather around. We're going to pop this VHS right in. Yeah. You know, holiday movie marathons. There you so, go. We um, turned it off after about 10 minutes. <laughs> Dad always turned it off after 10 minutes. He was done. I was done. We were done. Yeah, but no, he had his little secret stash he thought, you know, nobody knew about. But, of course, old little buddy snooping around found it. And, sure. uh. So yeah, that's uh, some of my first memories of her. Um, I do know a little bit about her vaccine tirades that she went on, and um, that's why she's going to score a little bit higher for me. You know, we'll get into it a little bit more in depth in the show, but when a celebrity uses their platform to influence other people into not taking vaccines, like let's get outside of this year alone, like sure. let's get into like just like regular stuff like yeah. MMR, polio um, vaccine, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my my father in law was two years shy of being able to take the polio vaccine. So, like, he had to watch other people get it his entire life yeah. while he suffered with it. Yeah. You know, and it's just, you know. Yeah, polio? So, yeah. No shit. Absolutely. Huh. He missed it by two years. Damn. Man. Two years. Um. So, yeah, you know, it's just that really gets me when celebrities will use their platform to influence other people when they're not doing all the research. They're just, in her case, it seems to me like it was moved by something that happened to her, which she kind of just jumped at pseudoscience in this instance sure. and um you know it influenced a lot of people into probably making some really bad decisions so um i think that off the rip i'm gonna score her a 7.0 okay okay and uh we'll see where she ends up by the end of the show all right all right 7.0 for buddy mikey what's your take on old mccarthy yeah i'm in the same boat as as you guys i mean i know this is a really touchy subject maybe even some for some of our listeners but I mean, I'm just going to be honest about it. Like I said, I've, I've seen the damage that uh, that diseases can do just by virtue of working in hospitals and stuff like that. And it's really unfortunate that uh, somebody would take that platform and uh, just kind of push such a misguided and dangerous thing. Like, I mean, yes. uh, especially in, in, in the event of, of certain diseases and stuff like that, it's just uh, unconscionable to me that somebody would uh I, I mean i i guess i understand it if you really believe it that's fine or whatever but i also just don't understand why anybody would fucking listen to jenny mccarthy about this because <laughs> even better know. point yeah yes. which is i think what irritates me more is that anybody would actually listen to her as an expert on anything aside from showing your boobies for money because she's really good at that yeah. <laughs> she really knows that, that very well oh, yeah. um so <laughs> i'm gonna say i'll go with a 6.25 yeah there you go 6.25 also, Jenny had her uh, pre-show, Jenny McMohan, not Jenny McCarthy, because Jenny McCarthy gave herself a one. Uh, <laughs> of course she was. Jenny McMohan gave her a pre-show asshole score of 5.25. All right. With a 5.5 from Randy, a 7.0 from Buddy, a 6.25 from Mikey, and a 5.25 from Jenny McMohan, Jenny McCarthy's pre-show asshole score is a 6.0. Okay. 6.0. That's pretty easy math. She and Steven Seagal 
pre-show are right on the same, uh, same <laughs> level. You're going to love that because he's going to come up in this story. Yes, I love it whenever Steven Seagal can make it in it all comes, episodes. Yeah, it all comes full circle. Yeah, I feel like at some point here we are going to do just like a Patreon special where we really go back and revisit Steven Seagal, man. Steven Seagal 2.0. Yeah, that 6.0 just doesn't feel right. <laughs> all right. You guys ready to uh, forge ahead here and see what's up with the old big big tits, McGee? I was about to say, let's see some titties. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Jennifer Ann McCarthy was born at Little Company of Mary Hospital in Evergreen Park, Illinois, on November 1st, 1972. Uh, she was born into a poor, working-class, devout Catholic family. Her mother, Linda, was a housewife and a courtroom custodian, which I don't I don't know what that is. Uh, is that the person who types? No, I, I envision a, a hairnet and a broom. Yeah, when I hear custodian, I think of two I think things. Of. I think of a person that cleans something. But also, when you have like your custodian of like an account, right. sound really right. important. So yeah. how did the, how did uh, like the janitor become known as the custodian? <laughs> so she was either a cleaner of the courtroom or a cleaner of the books. Yeah, I guess I think the courtroom itself. I would go yeah. courtroom saying she was in a poor working class family. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think maybe the custodian name comes from the fact that they always carry giant rings with 50 keys on them. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. They have custody of the entire building. That's like one of those, like whenever somebody comes to rob the place and they're like, I just got to find the right key. Yeah, they're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're all shaking. Dude, those things weigh like 80 pounds. They like drag their pants down so you can see their ass crack. That's great. <laughs> uh, her father, Dan McCarthy, he worked in a steel mill and she grew up along with uh, three sisters, Lynette, Joanne and Amy. So all uh, all American stuff there. Yeah. Four girls, man. Yeah, I bet. I bet Dan was angry a steel mill worker with four girls and a wife and then the one pops up on playboy my bitch wife and my slut daughter <laughs> <laughs> i got no wonder i have a drinking problem yeah yeah he's I mean, honestly he's uh like a catholic dude up there i mean they drink dude, yes, get absolutely. Down. oh man those they're Catholics. a-okay with drinking oh yeah fun fact the popular actress melissa mccarthy is actually her cousin Oh, really? really? Yeah. Which okay. is kind of surprising because that's a super common name. And you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, whatever. It's one of those ones that you would hear someone say, oh, do you, you know, they're related. And you'd be like, shut the fuck up. McCarthy's a super common name. Yeah. And Melissa's actually talented. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, she attended Mother Macaulay Liberal Arts High School during her teen years and later became a cheerleader for St. Lawrence High School and Brother Rice High School. The names of these things are wild. Like, Born at Little Company of Mary Hospital and then goes to Brother Rice High School. That's super Catholic. BRHS. And I would assume she would have been a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally dateable, I would assume, back then, too. Yeah, 100%. We can say whatever she wants. I mean, whatever we want about her as a a person, but she's objectively attractive. Yeah, absolutely. McCarthy describes herself as an, quote, outcast and said she was bullied in school. Her and uh, our boy, uh, Jake Paul. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. it was unbelievable. I was so attractive and a cheerleader, and they just picked on me for being pretty. <laughs> I was given hand jobs left and right. Maybe that's what she got picked on for, because that does happen. Sometimes. Yeah, that does sometimes happen. Minute job, McCarthy. <laughs> Minute man. <laughs> Minute man. <laughs> After completing high school, McCarthy enrolled at Southern Illinois University, where she spent two years studying nursing and psychology. And I had a buddy of mine that went to Southern University or Southern Illinois University or whatever. So, but small town, huh? It is a small town. Yeah, absolutely. And man. of course, her major was psychology. Yeah, yeah. And that's always like sort of a fallback. Yeah, I was <laughs> <saying> <laughs> education, psychology, psychology, sociology. 
when I meet somebody that has a psychology degree, now this isn't always the case, and this is probably unfair to say, but a lot of them, it feels like they're trying to fix themselves. You know, it's like the expensive version of these, uh, like self-help for dummies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then you're like, why am I going to go get self-help from you? Yeah. Like, well, and then you ask them, you're like, so what are you going to do after you graduate with that bachelor's? I'm going to go work in a call center. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Because you have to have a master's in psychology just to be a, like a counselor at a school. Yeah. You can do nothing with a bachelor's in psychology aside from you got a four-year degree. Yeah. Yeah. Check that box at least. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. There's, I'm not like sitting here disparaging people, but I, a lot of people I've met that have psychology degrees, there's, they tend to do nothing in psychology. Yeah, almost always, yeah. Um, yeah, she worked as a bartender to make ends meet. However, due to a lack of funds, she had to drop out. Mm. Which she had to be really broke because college in the late '80s was like you could not expensive, not expensive. <laughs> state school, yeah, no. State school, Southern Illinois, and you live in Illinois, yeah. That, and you I mean, can get student loans. You can still get student loans Maybe. then, and even then, you graduate four years, and you're they're like, you owe us eight thousand dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have forty years to pay yeah, it off, dude. <laughs> I have a sense that it wasn't a money issue. She probably just fucked up, or she sucked as a bartender. Wasn't that her job? She was, yeah. But Maybe honestly, that's she, how she made her money is she probably, sucking as oh, a bartender. Oh, <laughs> she she probably just partied a lot, man. To be honest, she gets way too drunk on shift. Pours out way too big of shots after that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think she was partying too hard because check this one out. Uh, some of the ways that Jenny said she, quote, made ends meet was by flirting with boys in bars and going back to their place. She'd tell them that she'd meet them in the bedroom in a second, and then she'd go into the refrigerator and steal their food and then run home. <laughs> I have a similar story. Okay. I bartended <laughs> in college. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't go home with boys. I, uh, you know... I, You'd flirt Not with, every night. Right, yeah. You'd flirt with the girls. But I remember going back to um, these young ladies' apartments after the bar. And if you're bartending, yeah, I would drink while I was working. But you don't get, like, hammered, right? Right. Well, these chicks got hammered. Like, you got to come to our house. All right, cool. I go there. And within, like, probably 10 minutes, they were both, like, passed out on the couch. Oh, God. And I took a giant, like, 32-pack of Hot Pockets out of the freezer. Swear <laughs> <laughs> to God. For a second, I was like, this story sounds like it's getting dark. (laughs) I thought you were about to say, I I took a giant turd in their bathroom. Upper decker, baby. (laughs) No, I took their giant pack of Hot Pockets and walked my ass home. Yeah. Was it a variety pack? No, it was the pepperoni pizzas. Okay. Those are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, It was, uh, but I got home at like four in the morning. I'm like, check out what I got dinner. My drunk roommate's like, sweet, where'd you get those? I'm like, don't worry. Let's just eat. The real story was that he uh, he hit him up with a, a rag of ether or whatever, put him out and took their hot pockets. I didn't mention that. Hey, we call him Jack the Snacker. <laughs> Jack Snack. Oh, man. All right, so despite her religious youth, McCarthy said that she was a rebel. Of course she did. She worked as a cashier also for a Polish grocery store for years where she realized that a way out was to pose for Playboy. She stayed- <laughs> How did she realize that at the Polish grocery store? That's what I'm going to tell you. That she- sounds like a joke right there. No, she stated in an interview that people would come into the store to buy Playboys and she would think, man, if these chicks can do it, I'm sitting here in this store. Why couldn't I do it? I yeah. would love to see like... Jerry Pulaski coming in <laughs> to get his sausages and a fucking dirty mag and some strows. Strows, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now this is oddly parallel to Cardi B when she was working at the grocery store and You're the right. guy told her that she go across sucks, the street yeah, yeah. and should go be a stripper. 
It's so, true. And that was a, a super backhanded compliment. He's like, God almighty, just go be a you're, stripper. Or you're dumb as a brick, but yeah. you're hot. Yeah. Check out the titty bar across the street. Might Sounds make a better good. living. So I wonder if the Polish manager was like, you are dumb as brick. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. But she did. Either way, whoever told her, she did. In 1993, Playboy hired the then 21-year-old to pose in the magazine, and McCarthy was named Miss October and received $20,000. Now, have you heard about this story about her first time that she ever posed for Playboy? No. Mm. She went on to Oprah and was talking about it. And she was like, yeah, so I went there and it was the first time I'd ever done anything like this. And at first they just had me in like, you know, like without a bra on, had my panties and everything like that. And there's like fucking like 20 people there. So sure. it's hella awkward. And then the photographer's like, all right, cool. It's time to like, let's go, you know, spread full. your butt. <laughs> so she takes off her panties. And then all of a sudden, like the photographer goes, oh, my God. <laughs> and she's like what and then like the photographer looks at like the producer or something the producer's like oh my god and she's like what the fuck is going on and the like this assistant comes walking up and there and she was like the photographer wants to say that he's never seen such a hairy bush here on the <laughs> on the set right. <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the pa polish too is yeah the, everybody <laughs> is polish this is illinois it's you know <laughs> polish country yeah so uh, bears dub bush <laughs> so uh the photographer was like fuck it we're just gonna go with it and uh i don't know touch it up do something with it so they sent makeup over to her and yeah i think we're gonna look this up real quick because i don't i i remember seeing this before but i don't remember so then i went back and you verified it oh it's bushy okay it's, like demi moore in the 80s bush you remember that one that yeah it's, that it's thing demi was moore. like a wild animal like <laughs> it's like the two of them yeah sure everybody pause while we look at <laughs> look at this bush <laughs> Randy's looking it up on his phone, incognito <laughs> mode. Absolutely incognito mode. It's not that hairy. All right, let's take a look. All right. I mean, you got to think for early '90s. Well, you can also tell that they frame the picture to mitigate the bush, the the the, the, the bush bushiness. Area. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's there. She obviously dies her hair. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. But yeah, she, she got like, she got buckwheat in a leg lock. But honestly, like if you go in to buy some fucking strows and sausage from her, <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I'd be in there every day. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. But yeah, she said it was hella awkward, and um, but yeah, yeah she kept on going. She copped thirty nine thousand dollars in today's money for that shit. Damn. Yeah. For one, like one two days work. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's the question too. Is that like. I don't know. How much would you have to get paid to just get butt naked and have it in a national magazine or on the internet? Totally butt naked on the internet for me? Yeah. Yeah. What's it, where are you at, Randy? At least $2,642. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would lose my job for it potentially. So I'd really have to kind of factor that in if i don't if i don't lose my job no no job loss okay if there's it's, no job it's going loss, on the internet you can search for it i yeah. mean well i'm saying like let's we're maybe uh, the scenarios we get to make it up whatever we want it to be if i don't lose my job it changes the price okay the other factor is do they airbrush me and make me look good or is it like a polaroid of like my like nasty white ass that everybody doesn't want to see somewhere in the middle all right it's not quite a polaroid it's like you know like we'll go like 2003 digital camera. Oh, I'd be on like the BBM site. The big, <laughs> big, big beautiful man. 
Yeah, I you know, if I got a chance to uh sort of have some say in the art direction, <laughs> I would say I would probably run it for like five five grand. Five yeah. grand. Five grand. If if I'm gonna lose my job, it's gonna be a lot more because I need at least five yeah, years I to gotta, recover. Yeah, I gotta I gotta feed a family here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need five years to game plan. Your dude. wife's like, you lost everything for five grand and now everybody can see your ass. Actually, at least I was, shaved my bush. Yeah. <laughs> I think Randy was at like twenty six forty two. Twenty six forty two was yeah. my number there. <laughs> All right. The following year, she was crowned Playmate of the Year in 1994, and she received $100,000 then, which is $186,000 in today's money. Damn. Now we're talking. Mm -hmm. Not a bad year. McCarthy denies that she was one of Hef's girlfriends, but did speak fondly of him in an interview soon after his death. I think if you're a Playmate, the odds of you... I just I I I don't know. I don't want to disparage Hugh Hefner, but I've, I've read some things towards the last years of his life. I, you know, I think he was a little skeezing. He was skeezing. Yeah, yeah you think? Dirty yeah. old man. Like Dude, that. he was dating like eight of them at, towards the end know, for a while. Yeah. Imagine the like just sheer volume of boner pills that guy had to oh, take a ton, like, yeah. on the reg. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Probably had a pretty healthy heart. He saying. kept Pfizer in business before the COVID <laughs> vaccine. But I mean, honestly, like, do you, I mean, it would, it's very plausible that he could have slept with every single one of the playmates, but. I don't want to go. I think for there. a long time he did. Or oh, yeah. for, Especially or back whichever in the day. ones he wanted to. 50s like, and 60s. That, you want to yeah. be centerfold? Sure. Hands up. Give me all your money. Well, enough money for a cheeseburger from the value menu, at least. We are now live on Patreon. Find us there at AHC Podcast to get all the latest episodes of Conspiracy Court, ad free shows, shout outs, stickers, and a whole lot more. It would be a crime if you didn't. Big thanks to all of our fans, and we appreciate all your support. Let's dive back into the action. Uh, her exposure, and pun is intended, of course, <laughs> uh, in Playboy led to multiple opportunities for McCarthy. After being named Playmate of the Year, McCarthy hosted Hot Rocks in 1994, which was a Playboy TV show that showed uncensored music videos. So all those sweet videos where it was like blurred out titties. Oh, yeah. She's my cherry pie. Nice. She started co-hosting MTV's dating game show Singled Out alongside Chris Hardwick from 95 to 97. That's what, I think that's what I really remember her oh, for. Oh, yeah, same Like here. outside of like all that earlier stuff. Yeah. Outside of Playboy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Singled Out. Singled Out is what I remember her yeah, from. Yeah, that was kind of her first big television gig right absolutely on mtv i want to say i didn't have a fucking clue who she was because i didn't it was like i subscribed to fucking playboy but yeah that was the first thing i remembered her for and i i was i was enthralled i was infatuated i was i she was very very attractive all right so she like i said yeah she was uh on singled out for uh a number of years from 95 to 97 what was the premise of that show it was you know it's funny because i watched it all the time back then and i vaguely it's i vaguely remember it there was like 50 people that were standing around or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't even remember what the show was about. I mean, but it kind of falls back into all those shows from back in the day, like Remote Control, yeah. Singled Out. A lot of those shows on MTV, the premise was weak. You were more watching the show than the, yeah. you know, what they were doing more so than the show. Well, I love Blind Date. I still love Blind Date. Blind Date is awesome. I wish yeah. Blind Date would come back, and I want Roger, uh, what was his name? What what was Blind Date? Roger, not Roger Stone. No, no, no that would be insane. <laughs> Roger Lodge. Yeah, I, th- may, I think it was that Roger name Lodge. Roger yeah, Lodge. Roger Lodge. It? it was just great. It was a legitimately like a first date, but it was like pop up video 
Whereas they were going through the date, little messages would pop up that were hilarious. They're like, this guy's pants are ridiculous or some <laughs> shit like that, you know? Oh, pop-up video was great. Pop- exactly. So imagine will, that and then and like- a dating format. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. You're right. All right, Mikey. So on Singled Out, each episode featured a group of 50 singles competing for a date with the one main contestant. That's it. Oh, yeah. okay. I know there's a huge, they call it like the dating pool. There's tons of people. I don't remember how they got through 50 people. It was like a gangbang or something, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, whatever. But anyways, it was a it was a big deal because it, it it put her like on the map. She ended up being on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, and she was the like, big it, star that came away. It's from that crazy show. to see what happened to MTV. Yeah, yeah, like, of course. I mean, mid nineties. Like, I mean, those are the was, reason though. Those shows are the reason because they were so cheap to produce, and we've talked about this. On other episodes. Yes. For sure. But that's what it was. And, it was, and, and the, the returns that they were catching off of it, like all the ad sure. play that they were catching, it was just ridiculous. And there wasn't the internet, right? Like all of the videos that you would watch for your favorite songs, you had to sit and wait for them. They would say, oh, all new Rage Against the Machine coming up. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you'd have to be like sitting there like at the TV with your VCR ready to record. Oh, yeah. And you had to make sure that there was tape over that little spot on the tape. Mm, yeah. Otherwise, when you hit record, it wasn't going to record. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, I remember a- sitting up late at night and being like, I will not go to bed until Sublime Santeria comes on. And all of a sudden <laughs> it was one o'clock in the morning and it came on. And I was like, hooray. And then I was like, I'm done. Went to bed. <laughs> It was a school night, which is ridiculous. <laughs> you remember uh, the world premiere of oh, videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It's a big deal, especially those Michael Jackson ones that were like they played that shit on like. After, maybe, like I remember they did the black or white Michael Jackson yeah, video yeah. after either Fresh Prince or Blossom, like after the show. You know, yeah, what I mean? it was a huge. Deal. And they would do Will Smith's premiere videos after his show. Yeah, I remember the summertime video. Yeah, I thought that was the fucking coolest song. It still is a cool song, it's honestly. Song. It's a good song. It's a good I song. actually met Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff on the summertime tour. I've That's seen right. the picture. Yeah, man. That's right. Uh, so yeah, she's on Singled Out. It, uh, you know, it runs. It has a good run, but it, honestly, it's kind of crazy because it felt like it was on longer, but it was only two years. And she left the show, I think, because she felt like she was getting like too she's, big. For she was it. being singled out. Well, yes, she was being singled out. Uh, she felt like she had a lot more like runway than anybody else on that show, like Chris Hardwick it's, or whatever. It's time for me to break into the big screen. Yeah, pretty much, man. She I left- showed my tits. I need more than MTV. <laughs> <laughs> she left the show to begin hosting her own show on MTV, which was a variety sketch comedy program called The Jenny McCarthy Show, which I also vaguely remember. And- I vaguely remember, and I think like it, it was like on like that same pseudo level of like Mad TV in a sense, where yeah. it's just you know like kind of comedy sketches. But I think it was halfway decent. I don't remember it being like a complete shit show. I talked to McMohan about it today because I was like, "Did you?" I don't remember. I was like, "I remember the show, but I don't remember if it was good or not." She was like, "I watched a couple." Not funny. She's like, it's just not. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It wouldn't age well uh, no. by any stretch of the imagination. But no. I, re- I remember thinking. But then again, I could have just been swayed by the host. Well, it also uh, wasn't good enough to last very long. It only lasted one season with thirteen episodes. She then starred in the NBC show Jenny, which is like a, supposed to be a big deal, right? Almost like, yeah. like kind of like a Roseanne and stuff Something like, like that. So, yeah, that's what they were life. going for. Yeah, you know? and then at that point, she was probably like, "Holy shit!" You know, I'm on like. Major network network television. Well, you had to Uh, tone it down. I don't know if her whole angle was to tone down. Well, yeah, like then she wanted to like business clothes as opposed to no clothes. Yeah, something along those lines. But watching that shit. (laughs) The the uh, the show was canceled after ten of the seventeen recorded episodes. They didn't even uh, finish the season. That's how bad it was, dude. Rough. Yeah. That is rough. And that sucks because it feels like you get your big break, right? Yeah. You literally have a show named after you and you don't get through the first season. And yeah. it sucks because it 
it probably is on the writing at that point. Yeah, you probably know? so. Yeah. It's not you can't really blame it on her because she probably wasn't like picked to write the shows no. and the script. Yeah, and, but I mean, it also could just be a, a timing issue. She could have been, you know, writing the wave of, you know, writing the wave out. I oh, suppose, of course, you know, at that point, it's just got to suck to be like a like a key grip on that show or whatever it is, and they're and they're like, we just got canceled, and you're like. Fuck, dude. They didn't even air seven of the episodes. That's how much the American public hated this shit. Uh, during well, it this just shows you what the American public wants. Boobs. Her without her clothes on. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. During this time, she continues to post for Playboy and released an autobiography titled Gen X, but with a J instead of a G. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy's Open Book, uh, which I don't even falter for. That's a uh, publisher's thing. They they gave her that title, I imagine. Yeah, I'm sure they did. She didn't write it. She yeah. just kind of looked over it. You know, there's so much like runway there for cooler titles. I mean, open at the time, book though, and open legs, like or open it, book and open <laughs> mind, or it it, uh, it at this point when it comes out, it's like everything was Generation X, Generation X. So I could see why they thought it was great. Now, in hindsight, 25 years later, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's a lot of stuff you look back at 25 years later. and You're like, oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. This is one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. In 1998, she started her film career by appearing in the movie Basketball, which was actually not that bad. I vaguely remember that movie. It was a Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's not a great movie, but it's definitely like, probably like her, the best quality work she's ever appeared in, to be honest, (laughs) which, you know, the worst Trey Parker, Matt Stone movie is the best thing she's ever going to do. She was also in Diamonds and then Scream 3 and Scary Movie 3. In 2005, she wrote, produced, and starred in the movie Dirty Love with her then-husband, a guy named John Asher, for which she earned multiple awards. Razzie Awards for Worst Actress, Worst Screenplay, and Worst Picture. Oh, wow. Yeah, she, okay. ran, she ran the table on that shit. Man, yeah, she ran the... Who the else triple we, crown. Who else we talk about that won the Razzie? It was Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal. that won Razzie yep. Awards. That's right. And if you don't know, Razzie Awards are literally like for the worst yeah, of this category. They're the antithesis the of the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she continued to do guest appearances on uh, various shows throughout the early 2000s, including Stacked, Charmed, The Drew Carey Show, Wings, Two and a Half Men, and Just Shoot Me. Uh, two and a Half Men's a good fit for her. I fucking love Two and a Half Men. I know you're not a big fan, buddy. Just because of the, uh, the interlude and the outerlude. Man. Man, oh no! I, I know that that part's not great, but no, the show's I, funny. I, but oh. I hate. I, I, I'm not a fan of laugh track. No, uh, shows. that show I'm, is unwatchable to me. Like I try, and I don't. I, I are you serious? That's uh, dead serious. Like I don't even like Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen and Hot Shots is amazing. Yes, great. So I'm not saying I'm not. There's not. John Cryer has his moments. That show felt like. I just I could I tried one time and I was like yes, this is bad my this man is a bad bad show my man so we uh my wife and I go to sleep to that show sometimes she hates it yeah and uh, I'm like uh and I'll literally when we're in bed I'll put it on and she just rolls over and lays down she's like all right good night good night yeah, yeah. yeah. it's awful it's we've established not. your your taste yeah, it's, <laughs> terrible. it's terrible it's <laughs> terrible no it's just off the beaten path I would say or terrible mm, one of the two <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, so then, like, let's get into her personal life a little bit, right? Okay. Like, we were just talking about she was dating this guy, John Asher. Uh, he was the director of the movie that she won all those Razzie Awards for. Around what time is this? 98 is when okay. she starts, okay? Dating him. They became engaged and uh, got married on September 11th, 
1999. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. Uh, the couple had one child, Evan Joseph Asher, who was born in 2002. Uh, he was later diagnosed with autism in May 2005, and obviously we're going to get into that in a little bit. Sadly, the couple divorced in uh, September of 2005, uh, and the following December, McCarthy famously started dating Jim Carrey. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Odd and couple. That yeah. is quite the odd couple. I don't know. I mean, she strikes me as like a chick that is... I don't know whether it's legitimate or not, but she tries to have like zany type of humor, like "Oh yeah, it's." So I guess I could see it, but well, I mean, like, and and you know, there's plenty of like just hilarious guys that get just, I mean, uh, their pick of whatever they want. I mean, mm -hmm. look at uh, what's his name right now, um, the guy who's dating Kim Kardashian right uh -oh. now, Pete uh, Davidson. Yeah, look Davidson. at Pete Davidson. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's all over the place. Sure. And, uh, yeah, being yeah. funny helps. I mean, like. Obviously, people like being around funny people. So if you're a funny person, you you know have a better chance of having a chick like you. Probably the problem though is that at this time, I felt this is when Jim Carrey's wheels really started coming off. I, it's yeah correlation, not necessarily causation. I don't know that it's because of Jim Carrey. I'm not going to blame it on that. But this is really where Jim Carrey all of a sudden I was like, this motherfucker might be nuts. Yeah, straight up, and that's where yeah, like kind of the wheels did fall off the bus for him. He yeah. was like, I got I got everything that I ever wanted. And I am not happy. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. You know, and he really went off the deep end. Yeah, money doesn't buy happiness. And that's not. very true. You got to be in a good place in life. But You're right. It buys opportunity and options. Yeah. But yes. it doesn't necessarily make you happy. And time. It buys it you time. It does buy time, yeah. which makes me happy. Which, that does make me yeah. happy. And it buys you whatever hot girl you want to date, which would also probably make you happy. I don't know. Physically, not maybe. But honestly, like it would, it would suck to be around... People and not know if they like genuinely like you or if they're just clinging to you. Yep, they're you know for the money or they're for you. She you had know? her own money, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I'm a celebrity. I'm not, okay, but, yeah. But I'm not talking about her as as his source of unhappiness. I'm just saying that it's got to be tough for a guy like that where he's just like, okay, I have everything. And then even, uh, I mean, that's honestly they, we talk about it all the time. Like rich people sort of like coalesce and hang out together because, and I sort of get it because they're they they are birds of a feather flock together. Well, and they're concerned that. Other people like want to take Get their in money, on their riches. Yeah, 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 which is unfortunate. But anyways, uh, they dated for like five years, which I didn't realize they were together that long. Hmm. Yeah, they were they were together for a while. Yeah, uh, but they broke up or whatever. And then right around July of 2013, Jenny found her true love with Donnie Wahlberg, oh. uh, of course, of New Kids on the Block fame, Marky yeah. Mark's older brother. Yeah, right. he had the right stuff, <laughs> baby. Yeah, you got the right stuff. Baby, you've got a huge bush, <laughs> baby. Jenny, maybe it's time to trim that shit. Uh, trim been, it up. <laughs> they've been married since August thirty first of twenty fifteen, and they've been on. There was like a three seasons of a reality show on A and E called Donnie Loves Jenny, which I don't remember at all. No, I I wish I'd actually known about it prior to this show. You guys I know some. I watch a lot of reality yeah. garbage TV. Is it on your radar? Never watched it. Okay, but yeah. did you know about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's crazy. A&E has some really great programming and some straight diarrhea. I don't understand <laughs> it. Well, you throw everything at the dartboard yeah. and, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, the show covered behind the scenes moments from the stars 2014 wedding ceremony and continued through their experiences as newlyweds and beyond, including family blending and balancing professional commitments. Now, Jenny and Donnie's marriage is like before I got into this or whatever. And I was uh, talking to McMohan about it. I was like, you know what? I don't even hate Donnie uh, Wahlberg. All that has changed after. <laughs> 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 They're pretty open about their sex life. <laughs> 
Once on the Wendy Williams show, Jenny replied to a question about whether they do it right after working out. And she said, quote, the smellier, the better. She said, I love his pheromones. I'm addicted. Uh, All right. Kind of gross. But um, I'll be honest. When I get done at the gym, kind of ready to fuck. <laughs> but that's fine but i'm not it's not a, i'd See, be I'm like the opposite on that end i'm like i'm tired man i just did my cardio i worked out like no and, mean, and don't get me wrong i need a shower and i need a little time for my wiener to like become <laughs> unshriveled well that's <laughs> no, i'm it's serious because it does it shrinks a little bit when you're like yeah heavy exercise heavy cardio heavy lifting as your body, i was in the ocean yeah, and it yeah. was cold yeah no your body was in the pool i was in the pool your body you've tricked your body into thinking that you're getting ready for battle so it's it's girding your loins <laughs> that's right it's yeah it's trying a, to it's, protect it's, a, it's, a, it's called the workout ween yeah. it's real um there is scientific proof that is my theory is real it's true i just made up workout ween but i think it's a great a great thing <laughs> Uh, but I, I, that's the thing. Like the like the stink. No, that hell I'm no. Get on the shower stink. first, yep. man. Yeah. Uh, they're known for loud and really obnoxious PDA. So bad that at one point Morgan Freeman once told them to get a room after they were caught making out with each other at the Emmys. Uh, see, that's I, I hate like that just aggressive PDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. It, there's a time and a place for that. And out at the Emmys, it's behind it's not, closed doors. Yeah, it's exactly. Right. Nobody else there. Exactly. It's called having sex. <laughs> or, honestly, if you want to like make out with your wife, do it while nobody's looking. Or like when you're in a, a, a private moment. You know what I mean? Like not on the red carpet or yeah. in front of a bunch of people. It's and, gross. You know, I hate PDA. I hate it so much. And even if you want to like do some PDA out in public, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And it sounds like Jenny and. Uh, Donnie are definitely doing it the wrong way. You, here's my rule. You should never open mouth kiss your spouse in public. Yeah. Never. I, you can yeah. hold hands. It's pretty good. If you can hold hands. You can do it. If you put your hands in each other's back pockets, I will kill you if I have nothing else to lose. <laughs> it grosses me out. You're fucking weird. No one cares about your shit. I don't care how in love you are. You know, take that shit back home, man. Did you ever see the meme where it's like the the uh, signal that the dude just broke and relying on the chick and it's like the chick pl- paying for food at the register and oh, the dude's yeah. like hugging o- uh, hugging <laughs> oh. over but has his hands in her pockets <laughs> yeah. like in her jean pockets so bad dude <laughs> Wahlberg one time revealed that he bought McCarthy a custom made toy that had his face on it which I was what, like a like a snap pop I, no like a dildo with his fucking face on it yeah oh actually I think I'm on. guessing I don't know you got my wheels turning here what if you were to get your spouse a mold of your junk and like make a a toy out of your own junk? Now, doesn't cool that I guess, but doesn't yeah, that seem it totally cool, right? It is cool. I don't know if it's cool. I'm just be, I'm saying no, cool it, in the it's fact cool, that, I'm, that, I'm, that I'm like, <laughs> wouldn't that be almost like totally useless since you already have you? No, just while you're gone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. It'd be weirder if she's like, oh, cool. I got Lexington Steel's cock. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm not enough. Well, of course I'm not. Look at that thing. On the flip side, where you're like, all right, I got to go over to the to the molding place. They're going to mold my junk for you, honey. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying like, we've, we've gotten into this before. Maybe not on the show, but like at what point would it like if you were, if there was, would you let your wife bang a sex robot? We've talked about this yeah. on the show. Have we talked about the show? I don't, we've talked about it in the Well, it, it, it was on the... We talked about it like with the T-1000 a little bit. We talked about how great uh, of a fuck machine the T-1000 would be, but not about whether the, the, the morality of letting your wife bone an AI. Look, I'll be honest. I go to the mold shop and be like, add an inch and a little bit to it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> make this thing good for her. 
I'm not going to sit here and be one of these guys that says it hangs down to my knees or anything, but you know. Yeah, I'm going to have a Dildos are usually giant. You know what I mean? They're like massive, like swinging things, you know? That's true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm not going to let my wife fuck AI. No. Yeah. Alan Iverson. (laughs) (laughs) That would be real bad. Or Andy Irons. There's a couple of them. (laughs) <laughs> world class athletes don't let them, don't, don't let, let them that happen your wife yeah all right uh yeah I, we can have this uh conversation one time on a like a fireside chat about whether we'd let our wives bone an ai and on whether Patreon. they're or not yeah, yeah there you go all right mccarthy has also said that she feels that she never truly made love to anyone until she started getting wallburgered on the regular that's her quote wallburgered uh, she said quote but as you get older you know what you like Then you learn what making love really is when you meet your soulmate. While that sounds incredibly deep and meaningful, McCarthy offered this additional perspective on the subject. First of all, he has the most beautiful penis I've ever seen in my life, and he knows how to use it. Uh, Penises are not beautiful. Let's get one thing straight. (laughs) Well, I'm pissed off that she made me think about Donnie Wahlberg's penis and try to imagine. (laughs) I was like, you know, it's smooth, probably smooth and tan. Oh, he's completely hairless. Yeah, well, I'm talking about his wiener itself. Um, everything. Yeah, they're just not attractive things. Like, yeah, I agree. go ask a girl. Do you think dongs are attractive? They're like, no, but it's what we have to work with. And that's not well, like Johnny Wahlberg. It, apparently, has the <laughs> the Venus de Milo of penises. Yeah, it sounds like Jenny McCarthy is the only person who actually does like dick pics from. Uh, I bet there's a bunch of them out there. That, I mean, come on, realistically, they've they've got to enjoy a wiener. I mean, they like the wiener, but but yeah, they're not good looking. <laughs> it's not in the same way that guys like tit pics, and you right. know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, I mean, you maybe can, you can get a dong implant, you know, but you're probably not going to. <laughs> Where did that come from? Tits, right? No, I'm talking, we're talking about tits, like big beautiful boobs. A lot of them are fake. Like if you get a dong implant, it's just kind of weird. Oh, man. Uh, the <laughs> I agree, I agree. The the lovebirds also have a bunch of ink to forever commemorate their love. Of course, right now you may be thinking, while ill advised, it's not that weird for lovers to get tattoos for one another. She got love tattooed on her index finger, and Donnie tattooed on her finger, uh, on her middle finger. Wahlberg chimed in and said, "Quote." She said she did it, so she was hoping it would lead to some Amber Rose Kanye business, which is a reference to Rose's infamous claim that her ex-boyfriend Kanye West enjoyed foreplay that included having a finger inserted into his ass. Oh, yeah. she was going to stick her Donnie finger up his ass? Oh, double it up. Oh. Donnie oh. love. Uh, yeah, so they are total douches, and they renew their vows every year. God, what? Are you serious? Yeah. A quote from their show, Donnie loves Jenny. Jenny says, Quote, I love you so much, I want to stick you in the microwave and watch you pop like popcorn and eat you slowly and then floss you out of my teeth. Uh, bitch, bleh. I fucking hate you. Ugh. I hate your relationship. It's so gross. Barf, I hate that shit. I, it doesn't make you an asshole, but shut the fuck up. No, like, it makes you an asshole. Well, and if you, if you, no, no, no. That, you keep that shit to yourself. It's just, it's the I same agree. thing. It's the same thing as PDA. That is, is, that's I what it is. It's, yeah. it's the same thing as when someone comes over to your house and wants to show you like, all the pictures from their vacation talk about how fucking rad it is. And you're just like, it's cool to do that. Like, but show but, me four but, pictures. Don't yeah, show yeah, me yeah. 400 pictures. You know, if, like if you see genuine interest, that's cool. But like now imagine that they do it all the time though. They show up every week and they tell you how great their vacation was. No, it's fucking horrible. Dude. Good on that. Yeah. Yeah. Hard pass, dude. So their combined net worth is 25 million, which makes me hate myself. 
<laughs> I mean, but he's of NKOTB fame, you know, and I, I got to imagine he's got a hand in he has Wahlburgers like and, and all that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, so, I mean, I know doesn't make it any better. Good for them. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Keep it moving. Mikey. Let's get into Jenny McCarthy and Steven Seagal. Yeah. Oh, nice. Do you have a show subject you think would be a great fit for Asshole Court? Hit us up on any of our social media pages and let us know. As you know, we're full of good ideas, and some say we're full of other stuff, but we'd love to hear your ideas as well. Give us a shout, and maybe your subject will wind up in our courtroom. We'll definitely give you a shout-out. Let's dive back into the courtroom. McCarthy claims actor and producer Steven Seagal sexually harassed her during a 1995 audition for Under Siege 2. Get out of town. That's right. The former Playboy model recounted her encounter with Seagal on her Sirius XM radio show, so she's got a radio show, too. Oh, fantastic. Um, McCarthy says she was alone in the room with Seagal when he asked her to sit next to him on a couch. After she declined, McCarthy said he began talking about his mission trips to Asia in an attempt to get her to sit with him. This is her, quote, He keeps bragging and bragging about himself and watching out of one eye to see if I take the bait. So he says to me then, you know, this part has nudity in it. And I can't really tell what your body looks like in that dress you're wearing. <laughs> McCarthy, That's a terrible pickup line. That's like, well, he's a fucking monster douche. He's a he's much higher than a six We have to go yeah, back. We got to go back and yeah. McCarthy continued saying she told the actor that her agent said there was no nudity in the project. To which she says Seagal responded that quote there is off camera nudity. <laughs> oh, wow! Wow! And he asked her to lower her dress so he could see her breasts. Oh, of course. Dude, I get his- and I mean, he was probably wearing the leather pants like he used to. Yeah. You got to have a serious sack on you or just a giant ego to think you can just ask a chick, lower your dress so I can see your breasts. Yeah. The latter. Big ego. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, it probably worked sometimes. Unfortunately. No, unfortunately, it did a bunch yeah. with him. And that's what we covered in the show. That's and right. I mean, that was his signature move. Get the girl over. We got to rehearse, try out for a part in my bedroom. Yeah. Come sit over here on the bed with me. Yeah, yeah. he fucking sucks, dude. McCarthy says she walked out of the audition, but claims that Seagal followed her and warned her not to tell anyone or else. Or you're going to be under siege. That's right. All right, so let's get into the main reason that she is in the courtroom today. Yes. And that is obviously that she has become famous. Her third stage or her third act of her life has become an anti-vaccine person. Right? Jenny part three. That's right. Uh, and all this is really sort of stems from one doctor who's a guy named Andrew Wakefield, right? Andrew Wakefield is a British anti-vaccine activist, a former physician, and a discredited academic who is known for his involvement in the Lancet MMR autism fraud, a 1998 study which included 12 children. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a really big huge, uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. subject field right well, there. And exactly. there's two words that keyed me off there, former and disgraced. That's correct. He yeah. is no longer a doctor. He lost all of his medical credentials because of this bullshit. Uh, but yes, this study, this that th- they <laughs> had 12 subjects to study from, which is you know really, really <laughs> deep pool there. Uh, it falsely claimed a link between the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine and autism. Right, the MMR yeah, vaccine. MMR, yeah, that like all kids are scheduled to get within their first, mm-hmm. you know, like eighteen months of life. It's true. And yep. then there's even a second round, uh, you know, like just after that. Yeah, it's true. Actually, it's funny enough. I just got the MMR again recently because I started at a new hospital, 
And they asked me, like, do you have uh, your MMR? And I was like, I think I got it in school. I'm sure I did. And so they do what are called like titers. So they draw blood to see if you have any resistance to MMR, any of those diseases or whatever. I had none. None. Uh-huh. So, so MMR, like, measles, mumps, and rubella. rubella. Yeah. Rubella. 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 Yeah. Measles, mumps, rubella. So I had to get it. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, all right, cool, whatever. Hook it up. Well, I mean, that, that motherfucker hurts, though. <laughs> that MMR shot is is not. Dude, most vaccines hurt, no, with this the exception is... of the flu shot. You know what I mean? Like, I've... most vaccines do hurt. In the past six months, I've had the flu shot. I've had my booster for, uh, for COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I had the MMR. And even the the lady, the nurse that gave me the MMR, she was like, I'm sorry, hon. She's like, I hate giving this one to people. <laughs> and I was like, yowie! <laughs> it did hurt a little bit, man. Dude, I remember my tetanus shot. I had to get one of those. Uh, my wife just got her physical last week and had to get a tetanus shot. Yeah, that's no Even fun. tonight, I got home and she was like, man, my fucking arm is still hurting me. There's a knot where they put it in. I yeah. Was like, Have you ever had a um, penicillin shot? No STDs over here. What about you guys? No, no, no. Uh, uh, no, I had to, I, I had to get a penicillin shot. When I, actually, it wasn't STD related, um, but it fucking hurts, dude. Yeah, right. That shit. Yeah, no, it's true. It wasn't <laughs> STD related. Not STD related, but yes. Well, I'll just cut that story out. Thanks, Randy. Uh, so anyways, the study proposed a new syndrome called autistic enterocellitis, I think, and it raised the possibility of a link between bowel disease, autism, and the MMR vaccine. Because of his article, there's a sharp decline in vaccination uptake, leading to a number of outbreaks of measles around the world. In 2010, the British General Medical Council, the GMC, found that Wakefield had been dishonest in his research, had acted against his patient's best interest, and mistreated developmentally delayed children, and had, quote, failed in his duties as a responsible consultant. What an asshole, man. The Lancet fully retracted Wakefield's 1998 publication on the basis of the GMC's findings, noting that elements of the manuscript had been falsified and that the journal had been deceived by Wakefield. So, like, what are the motives to be deceitful like that in those? It happens a lot. I mean, about it. you're trying to promote an idea. You just discredit previous science as proven correct. correct mm-hmm. And you're trying to just kind of counteract. The previous hypothesis. Make a name right? for yourself. Yeah, right? that's exactly like, right. That is exactly right. There's two fields of thought here. One is that he genuinely thought this was correct and just his his method was bad. His methodology was shit, which is obvious. You can't get a, a study like this with 12 test subjects, right? Yeah, no. Or whatever. No, but yeah, exactly. But, or like Randy's bringing up is that like in, I mean, a lot of times in the academic world, it can get pretty cutthroat. Like yep. you want to publish. You want to publish something that's going to get your name somewhere and blah, blah, blah. And that's the thing is like we never would have heard of Andrew Wakefield if he hadn't published this. Now it cost him his ass because he lost, uh, he lost his medical license and everything like that. But he still gets to go around everywhere because he created an entire group of of people that believe this shitty study. It really is like the origination point of modern anti-vaccination uh, theory. Like and I he creates see, his own little echo chambers. Correct. And yeah. then he gets to go and give speeches to all these fuckers that are like, oh, vaccines are bad. And here we have the expert on it, even though the entire medical community is like, this Fuck dude's this full guy. of shit. Yeah. yeah. But and he's, I want to say guest speakers at these uh, oh, yeah. events. Yeah. You have to have a certain amount of peer reviewed articles that you yes. publish yes to maintain your medical license oh and yeah like not, every year or something it's like not that. like you know you have to be in fucking medicine today or anything like that but you have to write a paper and like it's continuing it's part of the continuing education yeah. program of 
maintaining your medical license. You constantly have boards and they, yeah, they constantly have to update their, because new procedures happen all the time that change. And so you go in there, yep. they go to, they go to, you know, different conferences and they learn about different procedures. And as more they data becomes available, you know, that well, changes. The end, and so. as you publish your stock goes up as a, as a physician, like some sure. of the physicians that I work with or whatever, like they, that's one of the things that they list in their bio cards is like, I, they published in this, 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 and this on whatever it is. Now, a lot of those uh, publications they put in or, the, or that, that they were printed in are read only by Peer maybe reviewed. maybe 10 yeah. physicians yeah, or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this yeah, one yeah. managed to be a fucking game buster. They were like, holy shit. Because at first they were like, oh, wow, that's that's that. There, there was some plausibility to it initially, right? Three months later, after The Lancet retracted Wakefield's 1998 publication, he was removed from the UK Medical Register, which is what we just talked about. Sure. In part for his deliberate falsification of research published in The Lancet and was barred from practicing medicine in the UK. In a related legal decision, a British court held that, quote, there is now no respectable body of opinion which supports Mr. Wakefield's hypothesis that MMR vaccine and autism enterocolitis are causally linked. Man, and how many people, like took that as you know a like million of them that's so there's that's like how many kids were affected by that you know what yeah, i mean like yeah, it's true wakefield has continued to defend his research and conclusions saying that there was no fraud hoax or profit motive in 2016 wakefield directed the anti-vaccination film vaxxed from cover-up to catastrophe how does jenny respond to this whole thing about andrew wakefield because they asked her like what do you think about it in a 2010 statement, McCarthy wrote that she believed Wakefield was, quote, being discredited to prevent a historic study from being published and described him as, quote, one of the world's most respected and well-published gastroenterologists. So he's a stomach doctor that's Correct. been uh, cut out of medicine and no longer allowed to practice, but a specialist on yeah, childhood right. diseases or no he's a specialist on gastroenterology yeah but that's but, but floating doctor. as a oh, yeah, 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 yeah. special yeah and and, and and as like a virologist or whatever it is at that point you know, i know i study the stomach but i have all the info on measles mumps and rubella that's what's always so frustrating too is when people pull i remember the 9-11 conspiracy theories where they're like Oh well, this guy—he's a—he's an economist, and he can tell you that those buildings fell from a like, imp, like you know, controlled demolition. You're like, he's an economist. He certainly has a PhD. It just has, doesn't have anything to do with the field that you're talking about. Yeah, and that's what I mean. They talked about a lot of that happening, like back in the early 2000s, late 90s, and stuff like that. They stopped having scientists and doctors and stuff like that on shows, and they started having these specialists. And you know, they well, would... specialist is important though, because like, for instance, if I wanted to talk to somebody about like a heart right like a, a heart disease you want to talk to a cardiologist yes 100 that's a specialist that yeah. specialist is exactly who you want to talk to you don't want to talk about some like pediatrician like sure they have some basic knowledge but when you get into like the guts of an argument you really need to get into like the hyper hyper yeah. focus and spend their yeah. entire life dealing Just with one that thing. one thing yeah, yeah. yeah and i can even tell you from personal experience so you know, I had herniated discs in my back, and I had epidurals, went through physical therapy, all this oh, stuff. Oh, no, epidurals? Isn't that what they give women when it they're is, but yeah, for it's pregnancy? Same thing, though. It, is, it helps for pregnancy, but also is just used with any spinal Doesn't injury. It, like, just I, basically numb, like, the bottom half look, of your let body? Me, let me explain what happened. I was literally stuck on the floor for about four or five days. I finally got carried to the back of my wife's SUV. She drove me to the emergency room. This guy, probably fucking 30 years old, came in and was like, you ready? And he shot that shit in my back. I could have jogged back to the waiting room. Yeah. Like, it was yeah, instant yeah, yeah, yeah. relief. So recently, 
as I get older and shit acts up, I was putting together an office chair at my job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bent over and picked something up and my fucking back locked up. And I literally just limped to my office and grabbed my shit, went home. I had to get my wife and my son to help me out of the car. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. Went to urgent care. And the doctor there was like, uh, so you're going to want to put heat on it and this, that, and the other. I knew more about my own injury mm-hmm. than she did. So kind of to your point, like yeah. you want somebody that knows all the ins and outs of yeah. what you're dealing with, right? That's so how you get a referral. You go exactly. see a general yeah, practitioner and then they refer you. you. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So just because you have the, the PhD moniker mm-hmm. behind your name does not mean you're a specialist in every instance right. of that field. You right. Know? Sure. Yeah, totally. Like I said, yeah. I've got in, in my group, we have surgeons that do specific things. They're like, I do shoulders. That's what I do. I yeah. do shoulders and I'll do elbows. Don't send me ankles. Don't send me Don't hips. Don't send me a knee. Yeah, you know. and that's what yeah. I'm saying. So in this case, he's like, I'm a stomach doctor. I'm a gut doctor, gastroenterologist. But let me go ahead and write a huge paper. Now, it did get published, okay, uh, which but. is unfortunate, but it was a real big mistake on The Lancet's part because The Lancet also is a very well-respected publication for, for medical, like, as, a, as a medical journal. Huh. So, yeah, I wonder how that got published then. You can still write and do stuff like that, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, at but the end of the day, fact checked. You know what I mean? Like, well, you can, yeah. They, that's when you have like peer reviews and stuff like that. And honestly, I, I'd have to look back and sit because it, sometimes you know stuff sneaks through and it's like an idea, and it can be peer reviewed and it seems plausible, but it should be the starting point for a larger conversation in the medical community, not just that's the absolute correct. Yeah. All right, so we've covered Andrew Wakefield, the origination story of the anti-vax movement. Let's get into Jenny McCarthy's origination of anti-vax stuff, right? Like because the the rumor is, or what she believes is that her son Evan, born in 2002, diagnosed with autism in 2005, she believes that it contributed to her son's diagnosis because he received vaccinations as a baby. Evan's disorder first manifested as seizures, but improvement occurred after the seizures were treated. Evan's symptoms are more consistent, actually, with a lot of physicians believe this, with what's called Landau-Kiefner syndrome, which is often misdiagnosed as autism. She says that's not the case or whatever, so I don't know. She's like, pretty much right after the shots, like, he just pretty much changed completely, and... Yeah, I mean, she she got real serious about it. She served as a spokesperson for Talk About Curing Autism, TACA. From June 2007 until October 2008, she participated in fundraisers, online chats, and other activities for the nonprofit organization to help families affected by autism spectrum disorders. She's a prominent spokesperson and activist for the Generation Rescue Foundation and serves on its board of directors as of uh, January of 2011. And hang she- on, hang on. If Jenny McCarthy is on your board of directors for any organization for oh, like yeah. a medically related field and she has zero medical background, yeah, yeah. kind of uh, have to question. Well, her. of course. Well, here's what I'll say on this uh, 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 to this point. She might be on the board of directors, but you know what I mean? Like you might bring in people like that because of their reach and what they can do for your organization it's or for point. your board. It's a good yeah, point. But, right? but never put them on the board. Yeah, I'm, I, I hear you on that. And, you know. You know, like, I mean, it sucks. Like, if you have a kid that, you know, all of a sudden it starts to display symptoms of autism and you have seizures and stuff like going on, going on like that. I mean, that's that's shitty. And that's no, as to, a parent, you. Yeah, I totally that understand. is like one of the deepest, darkest levels of hell. Absolutely. That you you kind of have to ask the question why. Right. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. And, and you go you, and you ask why. And it's like, you know what? You try to find those answers. But 
to use everything that you have built up to that point mm -hmm. and use that as your jumping point to try and push other people to think the same way that you do when it's not based off of science or enough science mm -hmm. when you're just kind of like in your own echo chamber that's a very dangerous well that's the problem dangerous I'm like, you, cocktail you, right there that's the same reason that lancet initially probably put wakefield's paper out because they're like okay well this is sort of an interesting start but that's the start, like, and that's the things like for for McCarthy. Nobody expects anything to jump off the way that it does. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, like, and, but Jenny McCarthy's been, she obviously has chosen the narrative that she wants and is moving forward with it at the detriment of many, many people, and right. that's what's problematic. Well, I think you have to look at a pure numbers game, right? Regardless of whether you're, I think you got to take immunizations out of the deal. A certain number of people are going to contract these diseases. That's just a numerical definitive answer oh, yeah of course you 100%. are gonna have people that have this disease yeah vaccinated non-vaccinated whatever yeah. it is you may have huntington's right and that's a genetic thing there's a lot of things that can happen it happens it's unfortunate you know what i'm saying and, and of course you want the answer you you want to understand why this is occurring but and you, you want to help people in the future too but i mean damn like you can't, you can't you, you should listen to the people that know what they're talking about though yes in those cases 100 percent I mean, look, it's 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 a tough thing. I get it, but it's just the problem is that the science is is out the window at this point for what she's talking about. Yes, right, Sam? yes. Uh, she wrote a book dealing with autism called "Louder Than Words: A Mother's Journey in Healing Autism," uh, which was published in September of two thousand seven. She stated in her uh, both her book and during an appearance on Oprah Winfrey uh, that her husband John was unable to deal with their son's autism, which led to their divorce. Uh, so know, there's another I mean, another like, big uh, beef with autism. Hey man, yeah. parenting is hard enough as it is. Like straight up, there's I mean, no like, book, right? There's no book to tell you what to do in certain situations. And, as in with life, right? There's no life guidebook. Yeah. If and, there was, you'd be a rich man if you wrote it. You know hey, what I, mean? I mean, like I'll be completely honest. My wife and I were, were together for ten years before we had any kids, and having kids, I mean, really pushed us to the limits of our relationship. So you know, I mean, like I understand that, like. Even in the best of circumstances, it's tough to raise kids, let alone in when you're dating a celebrity Yeah, and your child has autism, too. I mean, that, that's it's, it's man. That's yeah, a, it's kind of a pressure chamber for disaster. One hundred percent. Well, I'm a human being. I feel for. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, yeah. No, and any autistic child like it, a person, it sucks. It's it's mm -hmm. terrible disease. But to go back and try to pin it on something that ninety nine point nine percent of people have versus the number of autistic people on a percentage wise mm -hmm. it doesn't add up right yeah like if if everybody that got these vaccinations got autism that would make sense that is not the case yeah right? well, you know, very smart people have proven that to be not the case well and we're going to get into another thing here which is definitively why she should throw this out the window and understand that she's just totally wrong and also let's get into something real quick here because again we're talking about jenny mccarthy who I'm sure she's a very nice person or whatever it is. She is not a medical expert. In 2008, though, she appeared on a Larry King Live special dedicated to the subject, which, Larry King, fuck you. Why would you ever even fucking have that happen? Yeah, no, but yeah. And she argued, dead now. she argued that vaccines can trigger autism. She stated, quote, think of autism like a fart, and vaccines are the finger you pull to make it happen. Wow. Yeah. She publicly urged parents not to vaccinate their children. McCarthy has stated on talk shows and at rallies that chelation therapy helped her son recover from autism. Why chelation therapy? 
it's a therapy for mercury or lead poisoning that binds the toxins in a bloodstream by circulating like it's called a chelating solution. The speculation is that there was what's called thimerosal, which is a mercury-based preservative used to prevent bacterial and fungal growth in vaccines. They thought that was what was causing autism. That's what they were saying. That's what Wakefield was saying. And this has been roundly rejected by scientific studies with the National Institute of Mental Health concluding that children with autism are unlikely to receive any benefit to balance the risk of heart attack, stroke, and cardiac arrest posed by chelating agents used in the treatment, right? According to the CDC, if injected, thimerosal does not stay in the body a long time, so it does not build up and reach harmful levels. Because they're saying, oh, it's like mercury poisoning. Right. And mercury is something that is a heavy metal that goes in, it will build up in your system and is really hard to get rid of, which is why they're like, oh, well, let's just like do some Google foo here and figure out that chelation treatment will get rid of the mercury in the body. But like I said, the CDC is saying that like there's not enough in there for it to actually add up into your fucking bloodstream for even or to get, like that. For it to get for, rid of. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it actually gets crazier, too, because like when thimerosal enters the body, it breaks down to ethylmercury and thiosilicitate, which are readily eliminated, which we're talking about. But in 2001, the U.S. removed all of thimerosal from childhood vaccines. Her son was born in 2002. So unless he had an old batch. Oh, yeah, but all of it gets better because no matter what, the MMR vaccine has never, never contained thimerosal. And that's what was the supposed to be the, the cited vaccine correct. that gives. Yeah. yeah. That autism has not declined since they removed thimerosal either from, from all vaccines. It's actually continued to increase. And, 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 to it's all, and a lot of that is based on the way that they uh like now categorize Categori- it exactly based how they on categorize how they did it there were things if you were to apply the same metrics today that we did back uh, to well, back in the 90s or something like the, that you have times, a lot higher number of uh, well a lot of times back in the 80s or whatever you had kids that had issues and they didn't recognize it at that point as being autism right yeah 100%. then they started to categorize it as like this is like part of the spectrum, spectrum of autism. yeah mm-hmm. so of course the numbers go up right it's not the causation of oh it's it's vaccines or whatever it is it's, no, it's just like now we have a, a marker. You, yeah, it's how you can that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, again, she can say whatever she wants to, but unfortunately, the reality is that, like, even if that was the case, even if Andrew Wakefield was right and if Thimerosal was really an issue, he never would have been exposed to that ever. Because all the studies started after they stopped putting it into any of the, the vaccines. That's right, man. Uh, yeah, but you still have the the, like, the United States anti-vaccination movement, uh, and it's composed of a variety of individuals ranging from former doctors who should know better to semi-celebrities who have no medical training to anti-government conspiracy theorists who distrust anything that the government says. Of course. They all hold on to the mistaken belief that autism is caused by thimerosal and childhood vaccines. Of course. Of course. But no joke, there is a website which is JennyMcCarthy'sBodyCount.com. Oh, yeah. And I have definitely gone on there. Oh, Sweet. wow. I didn't even know about this. Yeah. TV producer Derek Bartholomus from June 3rd, 2007 to July 18th, 2015 tallied 152,763 illnesses and 9,028 uh, preventable deaths from weekly reports provided to the CDC website. A link can be traced back to each report on the site. Bartholomus didn't stop because the death stopped. He stated in an interview that he stopped because he became a father and his kids took priority. So they were like tracing this back to like all the the diseases that kids died of, people that died of that could have been prevented by vaccines. The fucking butterfly effect off of Jenny McCarthy. 
Sort of. This yes. is basically her. Wakefield really is more of a problem. She's certainly she's a proponent it. of it. She's like Absolutely. one of the, she's the main person who's saying yeah yeah. Since the Andrew Wakefield's disproven study released, the world has seen increased cases of vaccine preventable diseases. Right in 2000, measles was effectively eradicated in the U.S. According to the CDC, there were 375 reported cases of measles in 2018 and 1,282 cases in 2019. So you're talking about exponential growth. That's there. a that's a 400 percent growth right yeah. there. It's the greatest number of cases reported in the U.S. since 1992. The majority of cases were among people who were not vaccinated against measles. You know, one of the issues that I have, you know, it's tough being a parent and trying to decide everything that you want to get done for your kids and stuff like that. And you know what? I don't have a problem if you know what you decide. I'm not going to get the series of shots for my kids. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. You think that, you know, that's not the path you want to take. Mm-hmm. I get it. But I start to have a problem with when you're like, I don't want any of that to happen, but I want my child to be in school with, with my child yeah, yeah. at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And that's where you start to see these measles cases start to spike and stuff yeah. like so that. So I just Googled uh, Jenny McCarthy bodycount.com. Mm-hmm. So number of this is they, still, they haven't updated it since 2015. Exactly. That was exactly the light, the, uh, the number I had. Yep. The number of preventable illnesses as 152,763 number of preventable deaths, 9,028 number of autism diagnosis, scientifically linked to vaccines. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's for real, dude. It's just, well, and honestly, that's kind of a hype website too, but well, well, you know. no, they actually, they actually did. They, at least now it could be a hype website, but they did show their, uh, well, their, the zero number of like, you know, realistic chances of like, this they show their link to science. They show their methodology. Yeah. So at least yeah. you can go and, in there and sort of like score it and say, okay, I understand this isn't just a made up number. There, are, you can trace these numbers back to like a verifiable thing. Well, and it sucks too. You have a fucking website named after you, Jenny McCarthy Body Count. She doesn't care. Though. Yeah, I know. And but. I mean, at this point, if they stopped tallying at 2015, and at that point it was at 9,028, you know that easily at this point there's over 10,000 bodies mm-hmm. that are accredited to this. That's that's insane, man. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. And then, so of course now she's sort like starting to backtrack a bit. So she's just like. She's trying to tell people like, oh, I'm not saying I want to eliminate vaccines. We just want safe vaccines. That's all we've ever wanted. Okay, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's what that's what they're trying to do. If you want to take out the Themersol or whatever it is, it was taken out. And even then, it wasn't related to the MMR vaccine, which is what you're applying to situation with your son. Right. But in that same interview that she was talking about, like, we do want vaccines. We want safe vaccines. She said, quote, if you ask a parent of an autistic child if they want measles or the autism, we will stand in line for the fucking measles. Measles so, can kill you, right? Measles can certainly kill you. I Absolutely. Mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but what I'm saying too is that like I just feel bad for her kid. Like she she's just like I'll do anything in the world but except to have this little dude. It's so crazy cuz measles is such a, like an antiquated disease. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like so like mumps or rubella, yeah. Yeah, or scarlet yeah. fever or, or chickenpox or polio you know, white motherfuckers out left and right. Left and, and that's right. what even in like they were they were Look trying to FDR. Exactly. They were trying to talk to her because the reality is that there's plenty of cases now where they're because you have isolated communities like the Amish that don't do vaccines and they have higher cases of all these diseases then it's detrimental to their health they're basically it's like science. the modern day indians yeah well yes yeah i mean i suppose i went smallpox and yeah. stuff like that yeah. you know yeah i mean it's it's, it's science it's science it's science it's it's Bill unfortunate Nye, the science guy 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, so I was talking about like in that same interview when they were asking her about outbreaks of polio that occurred in Africa, Asia, and in the American Amish communities where vaccines are not administered. McCarthy states, quote, I do believe, sadly, it's going to take some diseases coming back to realize that we need to change and develop vaccines that are safe. If the vaccine companies are not listening to us, it's their fucking fault that the diseases are coming back. They're making a product that's shit. If you give us a safe vaccine, we'll use it. It shouldn't be polio versus autism. But... You know, you're like, you want to make an omelet? You got to crack some eggs? Uh, yeah. No, dude. Like, that's the thing. It's like polio vaccine was great. It worked super well. Fantastically. Yeah, dude. It's not great. To this day, the Playboy model turned TV personality continues her anti-vaccine or now clean vaccine crusade. Many critics call for McCarthy to be held accountable for her actions and should not be offered public platforms such as TV show, reality shows, and host positions because she is promoting dangerous pseudoscience. Hey, I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, it's a pure numbers game, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. You have, honestly, 99.9% of people get vaccinated for MMR. You have chicken pox and all oh. the the whole litany of shots and or the new hpv a vaccine that's yep, gonna 100 you won't see how that affects things right now because it's a relatively new vaccine but hpv is a massive cause of cancer later in life for for teenagers and for, yeah and that, that like, affected it as at teenagers yeah, even they, preteen well they get they will get hpv and a lot of times they'll end up with cancer later on in life in yes. the 30s 40s 50s so you don't see the effect of that now You'll see the decline of it in 20, 30 saying. years. You, well, you know what I mean? I mean, you got to look at polio, right? So Jonas Salk invented the vaccine for polio. Mm -hmm. Polio was eradicated. Like, we got rid of polio. Yeah, yeah 100%. The and yeah. the sad part is my father-in-law watched it be eradicated mm -hmm. while he still suffered from it. He didn't right. die until a year and a half ago. But that's the thing. We didn't have to get polio vaccines. Like, I'll, my mom has the scar, right? The polio injection scar. Yeah, so it was a rough a, one, too. Yeah, it yeah. was like a circle scar on your arm when you got the polio vaccine. We don't have to go through that now, yeah, right? Because it was eradicated. Because Science, bitch. Enough people back in the day were like, you know what? This is the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm going to do this, and we're going to get rid of it. And it happened. As Jesse from Breaking Bad said. Science, bitch. Yeah, That's right. Dude. You know yeah. what I mean. So it's just tough because you're just and it. But at this point, there's no the people that are in that anti-vax movement are not going to have this conversation with you because it's obvious. Like I said, you could you could literally show her on paper. Like there's no way that your son got autism from this. an MMR yes. vaccine. Thimerosal isn't even in it. Even if it was, it was like taken out in 2001, and she still is on that train. And that's really like what the problem is at this point is that you can't have these conversations anymore because everybody's like so dead set. And then you get into these little bubbles on social media or whatever it is and you live that fucking world and that's your entire world. That's and the problem with modern day social media yep. and all this interconnectivity is that it really does interconnect a lot of us with people that we really shouldn't be interconnected with, unfortunately. Well, you also and then you select, create these echo chambers. You select the message you want to hear. It's yeah. much. It, you could always do this. You could always subscribe to certain magazines or papers that you wanted to, but now you can really, really, really specialize it to what you're particular beliefs and narrative are. Well, and that also dials back into the Facebook episode that we had because. Facebook wants to keep you engaged as long yeah. as possible. So if they know that this is what you're tending to draw towards, oh, yeah. that's what they're going to send you to. Absolutely. So it's it's a sad fucking just cycle. Yeah. That, you know, it's an unfortunate feedback loop. All right, fellas. So uh, that's Jenny McCarthy, anti-vax queen or the anti-vax quack. 
Yeah. And I find it, you know, just in the year that we have talked about vaccines the most, it is apt that we cover Jenny McCarthy, the vaccine queen Mm -hmm. here at the, you know, here at this time. Uh, I'm not surprised by what we uncovered here in the courtroom Mm -hmm. today. So, um, yeah. So if we're moving into final scores, yeah, I got a big problem with her. You know, like I understand like it. As a parent, you want your kids to be healthy. I mean, these are just, you know, they're basically copy and paste of ourselves. And we want nothing but the best for our kids. Yeah, of course, right. You know what I mean? Like, I know as a parent of two, I see myself and my little children, and I just want to do everything that I can so that yeah. way they, they have the best, you know, life has to offer. And if anything happened to them, I would be fucking destroyed it, and I would be on a mission. But on the flip side, I am not going to fucking go against popular science. Just because I feel like something wronged me in the process, I would I would follow the science on it. Or I, I mean, at least it's okay to say to question it. But when someone's like laying it out for you that that's not possible, then maybe as a thinking person, you're like, okay, yeah, you I was wrong. Guess it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I don't feel like she's done that. I feel like she's just on this just power, uh, you know, move right now. And it's like this is what happened to my son. I believe this is what happened, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna fucking just forge this path. And you know, now she's starting to backtrack a little bit. And you don't know if maybe she's doing that for her career or. Or maybe she's, you know, really feeling that right now. I don't know. But we look at her body count technically, you know, from uh, if you get 9000 bodies on you, you're going to be yeah. up near Hitler. But yeah, I mean, they're she, indirect. It was she yeah, wasn't uh, yeah, she, it wasn't a choice to exterminate them. Right. Which is she didn't exterminate, but she and I, she's definitely has a contributor. There's a contributing, contributing factor. 100 percent. And so, you know, that's going to weigh heavy on my on my score. You know, I had her at a 7.0 beforehand. And, you know, based on everything that I've heard today, yeah, she's going to get jumped up a little bit. If we say that, you know, roughly uh, uh, an 8.0 is where, you know, we have body counts on us. And I don't think she actually, like, went out there and killed anybody. But I think that through her crusade to try and right the wrong, I think that we do have a couple bodies on the tally. Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm going to push her up to an 8.2. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I'm going over the 8.0 mark on her. I, You know, it hurts me. Because yeah. there, there is a 12-year-old buddy being like, you asshole, yeah, you yeah. know, like, and, you know, I hear you. Them titties are magical. Yeah. Them I used titties to beat off you. Mag- Why would you do this to us? <laughs> as a parent and as an adult, you know, I just got a different perspective on it. So, yeah, final score, end of the day for Buddy, 8.2 on Jenny McCarthy. 8.2. Randy, what you got? All right. So, you know, honestly, after we kind of uncovered her crusade against the anti-vax, um, I feel it's kind of irresponsible, right? Yeah. In the fact yes. that if science has told you we removed this uh, toxin from all vaccines in 2002 and the MMR, which you're blaming for autism, has never had the toxin in it, uh, it, it's, it is. It's kind of a, a dangerous fucking line that you, that you yep. walk by blaming this. Again, I go back to a pure numbers game. You look at 99.9% of all humanity, or in the United States, I should say, that have been vaccinated for MMR. You have to have it to go to school. And if you look at percentages of autistic kids versus non-autistic kids, it's something that happens, right? It mm-hmm. sucks. You look at any disease. It's cancer. It's AIDS. It's Well, AIDS is kind of not there, but cancer and dementia, all the other, Alzheimer's. Yeah, so there you gonna... go. Right. All the other underlying diseases that you can get just based off being alive, mm-hmm. that can happen, right? But to blame something that science has proven inaccurate, it's fairly irresponsible. 
definitely not going as high as Buddy did. Mm-hmm. My initial score was what a five point five. Yeah, you had her at a five point five initially. Yeah, so I'm gonna tick her up a little bit to a six point oh. Okay, as my final asshole score because you know I I can't put her super high. I don't think she has quite bodies on her name, but mm-hmm. you know having the platform that she does and kind of broadcasting this anti-vax message. I think she influenced parents that... Oh, she definitely did. ...that made that decision and then regretted it afterwards. Weak-minded people, in my imagination. But I'm just... uh, I'm not going to go into that. But, yeah, that's that's my final score, and I'll I'll stick to it. 6.0 for Jenny McCarthy. Mikey, what you got? All right, uh, so I started with a 6.25. And, um, you know, like I said, we've... You guys covered a lot of this stuff, too. She's certainly responsible for deaths because she uh magnified bad science yeah sure but it, but it also really frustrates me that she was given platforms on things like larry king live or on oprah and oprah's a fucking habitual violator for this shit she habitual brings, line stepper that's right sure she brings on bad science all the time all the time she does it dude. sure her, all the she, time. Well, Dr. Oz is her boy. Yeah, it's That's true. her go-to yeah, science boy. True. You know? And it's really frustrating because, like, even, like, if Jenny McCarthy was just a celebrity and was saying this stuff, like, you know, I I don't think she would get that sort of uh, you know, megaphone like she does going on to Oprah or going on to Larry King and stuff like that. And so it's really, really frustrating for me that that platform was given to her. But it's also really frustrating that people would listen to her in the first place. But she was also on The View for a while. She was I know, a, I know. She was a replacement for Elizabeth Hasselbeck, yep. or whatever her name was. It's true. And, uh, you know, she was on The View with, uh, yeah. you know, Whoopi Goldberg and yeah. Barbara Walters yeah, and all yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like It's true. I mean, so that's where I'm like, sort of like, uh, you know, dude, she's would believe that probably no matter what. Uh, unfortunately, she was put in a situation where she was given uh, access to like a megaphone basically and created more problems. So, and that people buy into it. I'm going to, um, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put her at, I'm going to put her at 6.5 because I do feel like that she's entirely responsible for a lot of misinformation, but I also feel like there's a lot of other people that are implicated in uh, giving her this opportunity to do this. And also, I'm mad at the people that would ever listen to her as if she was an expert. And that's the thing that you also got to look at is that even though she perpetuated all this data, it's the parents' decision at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for them to put Jenny McCarthy as the uh, end all be all. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's Jesus I would, Christ. I would, What's I would, wrong with you? I would put Andrew Wakefield up in that eight or nine range before I put her there in my yeah, mind because but, he really is like he gave people the ammunition for this shit. Sure, and and while I don't disagree with you, she fully endorsed it and she used everything that she could to push that narrative. So that's why I scored. No, her I so agree. High. That's totally okay. Uh, McMohan gave her a five point seven five. She says she didn't kill anyone directly, but she's indirectly. Also, she's yeah. got blood on her hands, and I don't like it. All right, with a six point zero from Randy, a eight point two from Buddy, a six point five from Mikey, and a five point seven five from Jenny McMohan. Jenny McCarthy's final asshole score is a six point six. All right, six point six, just above Billy McFarland and just below 
Anton LaVey. Anton LaVey. And Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase. Uh, yeah. Anna and Delvey. Yeah, right yeah, in that range. You know, I would put her above Billy McFarland. I, I think that's a... I think so, too. That's a good place and for her. And not quite the... Uh, the spawn of Satan, Anton LaVey. Yeah, and even little, though he was just a liar that loved to play right. the organ. That's but yeah, right. a little bit under Jerry Falwell Jr. Yeah. and Charlie Sheen, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good place for her. Awesome. All right, boys. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. Look, Patreon is not hard. Seriously, go to patreon.com slash podcast to get our all-new Conspiracy Court episodes. Shit is awesome. It's just like Asshole Court, but we talk about conspiracies. It's on and popping. Exactly. We cover all kinds of conspiracy theories and funny shit. Probably the reason you listen to us from the get-go. Go to patreon.com slash podcast to get Conspiracy Court episodes, all the stickers, voting power on future shows. The ability to talk to us. We are all over that. So, you know, we're responding to everybody on there. So mm-hmm. you're getting much more access to me randy and mikey that's exactly right so again be kind to one another and we'll see you next time on asshole court